in the book of Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, the Bible states that place. so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Awesome I pray that you are Come blessed by what you are about to hear or listen to. He can move this is a Kingdom Christian Fellowship Ministries presentation. Stay blessed. Hide me from the rain. My God is awesome.
of fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I just want to bring us into a place of a certain understanding, right? And so, as the scripture said, he that is joined with the Lord is one spirit with him, right? That's a place of oneness, right? Meaning that, um, you see, when we talk about intimacy, fellowship, it means that you cannot do that without the Holy Spirit. That's what it means. Because he that is joined with the Lord is one spirit with him. So you need the Spirit of God for intimacy and fellowship right which is something i'm sure a lot of us hear desire and yearn for right and also in the book of isaiah chapter 40 right one of very popular scriptures they that wait upon the lord shall be strong and do exploits right before that the prophet isaiah proceeded with an introduction on the type of um people or men of that day, right, and he spoke about the young men that they shall utterly faint, right, and I'm sure a lot of us have come to that place in our walk with God where it's like, we are fainting, we are tired, there is no strength to push on, right, sometimes when they say, oh, praise, like, Charlie, the prayer is not going, right, there's no strength to push on, study the way, right, and then also the book of Joel chapter 2, the prophet Joel also prophesied again, right, about a caliber of people that were coming. In the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, right? And your young men shall do what? And the old men shall. Yeah. You guys are reading your Bible. <laughs> Alright. And so that's those caliber of men was preceded by an outpour of God's spirit. Right. Now, even with the Isaiah quote scripture, when it says they that wait upon the Lord, right? Um, we understand that from the book of Second Corinthians 3, right? It says, Now the Lord is that spirit. Right? So they that wait upon the Lord is actually the man of God prophesying about that day. That day that waits upon the spirit of God. Right. So there was a day that was going to come, which we then see in the book of Acts. Right? When Jesus told the disciples, Go and wait, go and tarry for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Right? And so, when that came, there was a release of a different breed of men. Like I said the last time, that phase introduced a shift. It was a new beginning for the church at that time because nobody had ever experienced that before. The, the body of Christ at that time had never seen that dimension before. So the coming or the introduction of the Spirit of God upon that day ushered the church into a season of new beginnings. Right? And then also in the book of Isaiah 32, right? I think you can read it for them. Isaiah 32 verse 15, right? Talks about how until the Spirit is poured apart upon us from one high, right? And the wilderness becomes a fruitful field, right? Now, basically, what it means is that even as the theme for the year goes, new beginnings for divine increase. For this to be divine increase, there needs to be an outpour of the spirit, right? Because until the spirit is poured upon us from one high, and this and this happens, right? We see fruitfulness breaking forth, right? Now, 
it also says in the book of Romans, it is the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Right? It's within us. He shall quicken our mortal bodies. Like I said earlier, a lot of us need quickening. Right? We need God to revive us in our faith and our walk with Him and all that. There is a spirit that does that. Right? Now, even like I said the last time when I spoke, when I was standing here, even when God wanted to start delivering the Israelites' children by reason of judges, right? Every one of the judges was empowered by the Spirit of God, right? Shamga, Gideon, all of them, Jephthah, right? The Spirit of, he always proceeds by saying, and the Spirit rested upon them, and they did this, right? And so even for God to change situations, there was an introduction of the Spirit of God, right? And then even for where we are today, that we can attain salvation by the sacrifice of Christ done for us on the cross, it was also preceded by the Spirit of God because he spoke about Mary in the book of Luke, right? When she asked, how shall these things be, right? He said, the Spirit of the Lord shall come upon you. The power of the highest shall overshadow you. So the birthing of Christ himself also was preceded by the Spirit of God. Right? And so I'm saying all this to, like I said, bring us to a place of understanding. That all of us here, I mean most of us here, we have certain questions, right? Certain struggles, certain things we are hoping to overcome. Right? Everything the whole summary of the solution you are looking for is found in the Spirit of God. That's the summary of what I'm trying to say. So without Him, nothing that you're looking for would come to pass. Right? And so it means that in actual fact, right, our lives, whether both our spiritual lives or physical lives, are dependent on our oneness and our fellowship with Him. Which is what this conference aims to do right and so when we come together here right it is not just a time of sitting down and looking aloof these are not times or periods that should pass you by neither is it a gathering that you should leave the same way you came because as even it says in the book of Romans 8, for they that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. And we have not received the spirit of fear, but the spirit of adoption by which we cry, Abba, Father. So I want you to understand that the summary or crux of your life depends on your oneness and fellowship with this spirit that we have come to meet. As is the thing, intimacy and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And so if after you leave here, there is no significance in that line, then you might as well not have come. Because like I said, it's not an intentional thing that we're looking for people to gather and then fill up the banquet hall. No. It's that everyone who gathers would have an encounter with this King Spirit. Alright. So yeah. The 
the understanding I'm trying to bring us to. That you must understand and know that you need him more than anything else. More than anyone else. Because as it says, he is the seal of our salvation. Everything that you do depends on him. Everything that you are, that you will become, depends on him. So if you don't know him, basically, you do not have anything. You have no life. So as Reverend Delas said when he came, which is very correct, if you're a Christian and you don't know this Holy Spirit, your Christian journey hasn't started. So when we come here, we must understand that we cannot live here the same. And live here without knowing him. And so he should be our goal and our focus. He should be the one in view. As you're sitting, as you've spent in time of worship, he is the one in view. As the word is coming, he is the one in view. You are looking to encounter him. Right. And so for the next few minutes, I just want to see wherever you are lift up a genuine and sincere cry and desire for the spirit and as you have come here that you don't want to live here without knowing him without an encounter with him without truly coming into fellowship with him because we need him I tell you that we need him you need him. Your family needs him. Your academics needs him. Your friendship needs him. Everything that you are needs him. So lift up your heart to him. Lift up your heart to him.
for the opportunity to be gathered here this morning. We ask that even as we're about to listen to your word, Father, that you give us open hearts, ready to receive whatever you have for us this morning. We pray that the word that's about to come will fall on fertile seed, fertile soil in the mighty name of Jesus. We come against any distractions, oh God. We pray that you help us to focus on you and you alone. We commit the man of God into your hands. We ask that you fill him up, that everything that he's about to say, Father, will not be of his own accord, but it will be because you have revealed it to him, oh God. We thank you so, so much, and we bless you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. So hi, everyone. You're welcome to Rama Conference Day 3. Oh, I can't hear your excitement. So today is the last and final day of Rama Conference. By God's grace, it's been such a powerful and life-changing conference. And today we are privileged and honored to have... Oh, this is where you start shouting. Of the executive team that stands and supports 
It's always a beautiful thing to have good leadership. You understand? When you have bad leadership, some of the signs of bad leadership are bad roads, lack of homes, lack of good education, and so on and on. You understand? Like a country whose name starts with, <clears throat> you can continue from there. So we thank God for the life of our president. Today I didn't come alone. I came with a high-level delegation. And before I start, I want to introduce them. We have the graduate president of ACF, the person of Mr. Ruben Nami. He didn't come alone. He came with his lovely wife, Mrs. Miriam Lami, who was also an executive of ACF. And I realize that you people are devoid of worship postures. When you lift up your hands to the heavens, it's a sign of victory. When you lift up your hands to the heavens, it's a sign of surrender. You see, in the realms of the spirit, it's not only words that count. Your posture also counts. Your attitude also counts. You just want to thank God. The Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians 9.15, Thanks be to God for the unspeakable gift. We want to thank God for the unspeakable gift of the Holy Ghost. The unspeakable gift of Jesus that has been shared and given to us. We just want to take a minute to just bless the Lord. Father, we give you
place where there are innumerable company of angels as you are with us and as you have brought us into your family father speak your word to us for i am but a vessel i yield and i surrender to you that you will speak through me and touch your people once more father let every demonic stronghold cease let every resistance of hell and every gate of hell cease let your word have a free course in our lives and father give unto your people good understanding that your word will be received with grace that there will be a result and a working in their lives in jesus name i will pray amen amen you may please take your seats and take out your bibles your notebooks your ipads what have you in the book of Acts chapter 3 verse 5 Bible said that there was a man in the temple and he had a infirmity Bible said as Peter was entering the temple in Acts chapter 3 verse 5 Bible said that he gave them his full attention expecting to receive something from them Acts chapter 3 verse 5. He says he gave them his full attention expecting to receive something from them. I don't know what your expectation is, but I believe that your expectation is connected to what you receive. So if you expect nothing, you receive what? Nothing. But if you expect something, you receive what? Something. This morning, I want you to give God your full attention. I know you have examinations or midterms and stuff like that, but for the next hour and maybe 30 minutes, just give God your full attention and expect to receive something from him. In the book of Psalm 62 verse 5, the Bible says that my soul should wait patiently for the Lord because my expectation or my hope is from him. My soul wait patiently for the Lord because my hope or my expectation is from him. Whatever expectation it is you have this morning, let it be birthed by who? God. God alone should birth your expectation. Maybe you are here expecting that I'll prophesy to you. I'll call you out and I'll start telling you your number is 0244-668894. Then when I finish, I'll say, I've traveled with you in the realms of the spirit. I am at second day right now. I've seen your grandmother. Maybe that's what you are waiting for. <laughs> but the word of God says that God's word is a more sure word of prophecy. God's word, the Bible that you have, it is a more sure word of prophecy. It didn't say just sure. It's a more sure. So if you are looking for any prophecy, every morning when you wake up, pick the word of God. Direct prophecy. It will never fail. Is in God's word. Amen. So this morning, I want you to give God your full attention and expect to receive something from him. Amen. This morning, I want to speak to you about a friend of the Holy Ghost or being a friend of the Holy Ghost. I believe that over the past week, great men of God have come into your midst to speak to you on your theme 
for your Rima conference. And I believe that you have been blessed so far. If you've not been blessed here, then Charlie, your problem is very serious. We have to do something about you. So great men of God have come in the course of the week and they've been speaking to you on your theme, which is fellowship, intimacy with the Holy Ghost. This morning, I want to speak to you briefly on a friend or being a friend of the Holy Ghost. I believe that the Christian life is a very supernatural life. I don't think life or the Christian life is a natural life. I believe strongly that the Christian life is a supernatural life. So when I say something is supernatural, that means what? It's above the natural. It's like Superman. Somebody who can fly into the air. It's not normal. Men cannot fly. But Superman can what? Fly into the atmosphere. And I believe strongly that this Christian life that you've been called into is a supernatural life. How many of us here are born again? You've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your personal Savior. Okay, so some people's hands are down. So, whenever you have an invitation to come into the Christian life, it is to come into a supernatural life. And the person who gives you that access into that supernatural life is the Holy Ghost. Like the president was sharing, he was trying to get our minds to fix our attention on a particular person. And he was saying that that person for which we have gathered here this morning is who? The Holy Ghost. So the Christian life is a very supernatural life. And you need the person of the Holy Ghost if you are going to enjoy the God kind of life. The Bible says in the book of John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. Now that everlasting life there is what we call Zoe kind of life, which is the God kind of life. We are not saying that you will live to be one billion years and you will never die. No. We are talking about a God kind of life. The life that the dog has, is it the same kind of life you have? It's not the same. It's not the same kind of life. So there are different dimensions or different realms of life. There are different dimensions or different realms of life. And that's what we are talking about. That if you want to experience a God kind of life, somebody must introduce you to that God kind of life. And that person is who? The Holy Ghost. I mean, before many of you came to this school, somebody introduced you to this school. Not so. Whether it was an alum, whether it was, hello, Mr. President. Incoming. And so somebody introduced you to this school, right? So in the same way, we are saying that for the God kind of life, somebody must introduce you to that God kind of life. And that person is who? The Holy Ghost. In the book of 2 Corinthians 3.17, the Bible says that now the Lord is the Spirit. Or if we reverse it, the Spirit is the Lord. Now the Lord 
is the spirit. Like our president was saying, we are in the era of the spirit. We have been in the era or in the realm where God was the one leading us. When I say God, I mean God the Father. Then Jesus appeared on the scene some 2,000 years ago. Then before Jesus would leave the scene, he introduced us another person. Unfortunately, I've come to understand and observe that many believers, we like God the Father. We like Jesus. Like if you're on a flight and the flight starts shaking, the first is Jesus. You will hear Muslims, Christians, everybody will shout, Jesus. But you will hear very few people mention Holy Ghost. Have you looked at your life? Have you realized you love Jesus? You love the Father? But the Holy Ghost, you don't love him a lot. Why? I believe it is because many of us have not been introduced to the Holy Ghost. Many of us have not been introduced to the Holy Ghost. But for you to have access to the Holy Ghost, you need Jesus to introduce you to the Holy Ghost. Jesus, before he will leave the scene, said that, I will give unto you the promise of the Father. You don't have to take the Christian journey as, oh, I just pray to God, God. No. If you want to get to certain realms, you have to follow the principles or what I believe are called rules of engagement. If you don't follow the rules of engagement, you cannot get certain things in your journey of faith. There's a process. Jesus is the one responsible for introducing you to the Holy Ghost. I cannot meet somebody who is not born again and say, oh, receive the Holy Ghost. Due process must be done. Christ is the person who will introduce us to the promise of the Father. Why? We see a clear example in the scriptures. He introduced the disciples. He said that, stop crying. John chapter 14 verse 16. Stop being sorrowful. I am going but even as I am going, I'm going to bring unto you another person. Just like me. Similar person like me. But he will even do more. So Jesus introduced the disciples to the Holy Ghost. And in the same way, we also need an introduction to the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Father introduces us to the Son and the Son introduces us to the Holy Ghost. So you see the correlation or you see the relationship. The Father introduces us to the Son. For God so loved the world that He gave. Then when the Son was leaving, He also said, I will send But before we go into some bit of fellowship as your team is, or as the team is, I want us to look at one particular thing. I have come to realize that, again, another problem or another difficulty with the church is the problem of identification. In fact, identification is not just a problem of the church. It's even a problem even our country. How many of us have Ghana card? <laughs> So you are probably the reason why E-Levy is being discussed. Because of your lack of Ghana card. 
but identification is a huge problem. If you can't identify a particular person, how can you give or meet with that particular person? If I say, for example, what's your name? Leroy. If I say, go and meet Leroy, he's in the banquet hall, he's wearing a blue polo shirt, and you don't know Leroy, you don't know what Leroy looks like, you don't know his features, how will you be able to meet Leroy? Are you understanding what I'm saying? Identification is a major problem with the church when it comes to the Holy Ghost. One day, I remember my father sent me on an errand. He said, go and give this letter to Mr. So-and-so. So straight away, when I received the letter, I said, oh, I know this man. He's a family friend, uncle, Ghanaian version. So straight away, I went to his office. I said, oh, please, I'm looking for this man. This is it. Said, oh, he's not around. Leave the letter. So I left the letter. When I left the letter and I got back to the house, a few minutes later, my father called me and said, ah, have you done the errand that I sent you to point? I said, oh, I've done it. It, it. it was easy. Then my father said, Mr. Man, I think you missed it. I was not talking about this man. I was talking about that man. Do you know the problem? They both had the same surname. And the letter had just the surname on it. So I thought that it was this man. So I went straight. But when he started explaining, no, it is this man. He mentioned the person's first name. He mentioned his office. He mentioned the floor. And I said, oh, I missed it. I should have gone this direction instead. So identification, who you can't identify, you can't access. If you can't identify the Holy Ghost, how will you access him? Many people are of the view that the Holy Ghost is the goosebump feeling you get when I say, lift up your hands and they start playing, strike the chords. They start to say, the Holy Ghost is here. Many of us think that he will come like fire, like the Bible said in the book of Acts chapter 2. So every time they say the Holy Ghost is around, they are looking, Charlie, is the fire service coming? Because we need to find fire on the heads of the different people. Many people even think that he's wind. They are looking like when the room is very silent, they say, oh, the Holy Ghost is there. Hey, he has come. He has come. The Holy Ghost has come. So our understanding of the types or the typologies of the Holy Ghost is often a problem for the church. Some people even think that the Holy Ghost is a dove. So when they go to Trafalgar Square and they start seeing doves, they're like, hey, which, which one of you is the Holy Ghost? Give them bread. Hey, Holy Ghost, do you need bread? But these things are just typologies or they are symbolic of the Holy Ghost. Some even think that the Holy Ghost is Borges. <laughs> then like the person who owns Borges, Charlie, the person is filled with the Holy Ghost. He's filled. The Holy Ghost is not here. If I give this Borges to your mother, she can use it to cook Indomie for you. You will enjoy it. It's healthier than Phyton and all those ones. So it is not necessarily the oil that carries the holy. It is just a medium. So an anointed person or somebody who is filled with the Holy Ghost can touch this oil and pray over it and say, I infuse this with the power of God. Let it lose its natural ability. 
let it take on the supernatural. Here, apply it. Use it on your head every morning and evening before you sleep. And as you're also using it with faith, then that reaction happens and that preservation is unlocked. So that's what I'm telling you that don't think that is magic that we are doing. Take magic, we are failed. For the international students here, sorry, we are not doing magic. I told you that there are rules of engagement. There are what? Rules of engagement. Before you came to the school, what did you do? You applied. They interviewed you. You submitted your grades. Then they said, okay, this person, you have met, you have met the man. So come into the school. Some people also applied with you on that particular day, but they didn't meet them. So it's not just your wishful thinking of, oh, Charlie, if I get the Holy Ghost by, it will be nice. Oh. No. Follow the rules of engagement. And I say that the number one rule is the rule of identification. Being able to identify that this is the Holy Ghost. I've met him. You will have at least 50% of your problem solved. Do you know that Jesus, when he came into the world, not everybody recognized that he was the son of God. John chapter 1 verse 10. When he came into the world, some people were of the view that this is Mary and Joseph's son, the carpenter in training. This guy is not the Messiah. Do you understand what I'm saying? They were thinking or looking for the Messiah and they had in mind who they thought the Messiah was. Like the problem I had, I thought that the person was Mr. So-and-so in Kantamansu or Katamansu, wherever it is. But that was not the person. That's what I'm saying. So they didn't even realize that ah, this, this, he was in the world and the world was made through him. And the world did not know him. So, what I'm telling you is a very real thing. Identification is a major problem. It's not Dr. Bamia who is the first person to face the problem. No, identification is a serious problem. Even in the things of the spirit. So, Jesus came into the world, but they couldn't identify him. In Mark chapter 16, verse 12, the Bible said that Jesus, even when he died and he rose up, the Bible said he came in a different form. Have you read that before in the Bible? Hey. Mr. Lamy, I think you have to do eight chapters a day here too. Because the Bible said, after that, he appeared in what? Hey. What are your Bibles? You are looking at the screen with me. Okay, so the Bible says after that, he appeared in what? Another form. That's how come two people were on the road with him to a mouse. They couldn't recognize him. I mean, they were even talking about him. Oh, they said, actually, oh, so you've not heard. Ah, this Jesus. Oh, Charlie, that guy. He came. He said that he's the son of God. Charlie, doing big things. Miracles. Turning um, um, water into wine. Multiplying bread. Oh, Charlie, they killed him. Charlie, we thought he was the last killer, but Charlie, oh. Hmm, Charlie, they finished him. And he got to a point, Jesus gave them bread, they ate. The Bible said, then their eyes were opened. Then they identified. They said, ah, it's the guy. It's the Jesus guy, the same guy. Just that like he has come in another form. So identification will solve 50% of your problem, I believe. When it comes to your work with the Holy Ghost or fellowship. Because who you can't identify, how can you have access with the person? How can you interact with that person? How? It's not possible. It's not, you can't, it's not possible. 
I mean, I'm married. But before I got married, I had to identify that this woman, this lovely damsel, she's the one. Do you understand what I'm saying? I can't just go around, hey, Abna, hey, Felicia, Linda, hey, all of you, you are my wives. I don't know which one it is yet, but you are all my wives. Oh, I had to look through and say, Mm. Somebody say, mm. just like how some of the brothers here are trying to identify which one can I work with. <laughs> yeah. So identification. Because when I identified it, I said, okay, now that I see the sister, I can progress. I can go deeper. So first, the person becomes my friend. Then we start pushing it. Pushing it. Pushing it, pushing it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So if you can't identify, do you understand what I'm saying? Then there's a real problem. Do you understand? If you misidentify, you have missed the thing. You are thinking that he's wind, so Charlie, when you wake up and you pray, you are waiting for the wind. Charlie, Charlie, the wind is not blowing. Where is the wind coming from? So you are waiting for but every day you fire. So you are always waiting for fire. If you don't see fire, I mean, Charlie, the Holy Ghost is not with me. So identification. If you are able to identify that this person is the Holy Ghost, majority of your work will be solved. In the book of Philippians chapter 1, verse 19, Philippians 1.19 Philippians 1.19 It says, For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your, prayer, through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus. For me, I believe personally that the Holy Ghost is the ghost of Jesus Christ. Somebody said, hmm? Another word for spirit, is it not ghost? Or it's not, I think somebody says in their Bible, so Holy Ghost is what? You don't know. <laughs> so, okay. Spirit of Jesus Christ, are you happy with that one? Okay, you're happy with that one. So, I believe that the Holy Ghost is the spirit of Jesus Christ. The Holy Ghost is Jesus Christ unlimited. Is Jesus Christ without bounds? You cannot constrict the sign of Jesus Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because when Jesus came some 2,000 years ago, see, none of us in Africa could have accessed him. He was stuck there in Bethlehem or Nazareth or Galilee, wherever he would be at that point in time. But in this different form that he has taken, he can be everywhere, anywhere. And can work the same things that he did and more. That's why I say that the Holy Ghost, he is Jesus Christ unlimited, without bounds. All the precious things you can think of Jesus Christ, think about the same through the Holy Ghost. He is Jesus Christ unlimited. Bible says that it shall be through the supply of the Spirit of Jesus. It shall be through what? The supply of the spirit of Jesus. When Jesus was on the scene, he could 
raised just a few people here and there. Lazarus, come forth. Then Lazarus came forth. But when we look at Jesus, when he died in the book of Matthew 27, verse 50, I believe, Bible says that he cried out with a loud voice and he gave up the ghost or he yielded the spirit. And when the spirit was yielded, when the spirit, the spirit was given up, the spirit started raising up many dead people. Are we there? Matthew 27, 50. He said, and Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Verse 51. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom, and the earthquake and the rocks were split. And the graves were opened, and what? Many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. Many. Many is relative. It can be one billion. It can be one thousand. We don't know, but the Bible says many. So when Jesus was physically present on the scene, he can only go to Lazarus' place after four days. But when he died and he gave up, or he released the spirit. Bible said that what? Now he can raise many dead bodies. Many. That's why I say to you that Jesus Christ, or the, I mean the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost is Jesus Christ what? Unlimited. Without bounds. You can't constrict him. The Bible says in the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 that he moved. The spirit of moving. He moved. The entire world, the entire universe and then all of a sudden he did creation Jesus when he was physically present he could just come okay you are blind okay let me spit can you see yes but the Holy Ghost when he was released on the scene he created the universe so he is the spirit of Jesus without bounds amen amen what then is fellowshipping with the Holy Ghost? Now that we are able to identify him and know who he is. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 14, the Bible says what? 2 Corinthians 13, 14. Nobody here knows it. Hey, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ <laughs> Tell him, Mr. Lamb, you have plenty of work. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost. It is a scripture, or you thought it was like a church scene. <laughs> so the Bible says, well, there is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, one person. There is the love of God, and then there is what? The fellowship of the Holy Ghost. So grace attached to Jesus Christ, love attached to who? God. And then fellowship attached to who? The Holy Ghost. So everybody in the Godhead has their respective ways by which they operate with us. Bible says in John 1 17 that grace and truth came through who? Jesus Christ. Romans 5 5 Bible says that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Father or through the Holy Ghost. But the love is from who? The Father. Then fellowship comes from who? The Spirit. So what is this fellowship thing? What is it? What is fellowship? What is, what is it for us? What does it mean to you? For me, I believe that fellowship, it 
it is about the partnership we have with God and also about the friendship we have with God. Fellowship speaks to the partnership and the communing relationship that exists between man and God. In other words, if we are ever going to be able to access the grace of the Lord Jesus, if we are ever going to be able to access the love of God, the person responsible for transmitting these things is the Holy Ghost. If we are ever going to be able to execute the will of God for your life as a pilot, as a teacher, as a caterer, as an entrepreneur, you need the person of the Holy Ghost. He is responsible for partnering and communing with God to get to the will of the Father or get the will of the Father done. Another understanding of fellowship is that transportation means in the spirit. I believe that fellowship is a means of transportation in the spirit. Why? Through fellowship of the Holy Ghost, we are able to access the things of God and we are also able to send things to God. In the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 26, Romans 8 26. Bible says, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray as we what ought, but the Spirit himself, he makes intercessions for us. How? He will tell you, hey, Abna, stop praying about your husband this way. Pray about it from this angle. Because if you pray about it from this angle, you have captured what God wants you to speak about. When you don't even know how to say it, he will empower you. He will give you the ability to say, okay, okay, Father, this is how I want to speak about my marriage. I want this concerning my husband. Based on your word, I give this back. So you see, he will send from Father. Speak this way. Then he will even again help you how to also send the thing back to the Father. That's why I say it is a transportation means in the spirit. It is a means of transportation in the spirit where you are able to receive things from God and God is also able to send things to you. Or you are able to send things to God. So fellowship is a very vital part of our faith. If you joke with fellowship, you joke with your life. If you joke with what fellowship, you joke with your life. I once heard the story of David Yongicho of Blessed Memory when he came to Ghana and organized and was in a crusade with Bishop Dagiwood Mills, he said when he was sitting in the car from the hotel to the stadium, the only thing he was saying, Holy Ghost, take over. Holy Ghost, take over. Holy Ghost, take over. From the hotel to the stadium. And there was such a mighty move. It was through that anointing that now we have the concept of mega churches even in our country. Because somebody has got into the place where they can commune with the Holy Ghost. They've got into a place where they can understand that I can access a certain dimension of God or I can bring the will of the Father down here on earth and I, I can in the same way transport my needs also to the Father through fellowship. So fellowship, more or less, like I'm saying, is our means of transportation in the spirit where we receive things from the Godhead and we also send things to the Godhead 
by the Holy Spirit or by the Holy Ghost. So because of this, in the book of John 16, from verse 12, John chapter 16, from verse 12, Bible said, Jesus said, I still have so many things to say to you. Or in other words, I am loaded with so much matter. I'm loaded with so many mysteries. I have so many secrets. I have so many ways I want to guide everyone of you. But you see, I am constricted. I, 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 I don't know how I'll do it. Because if I look at Peter alone, I have so many things to help Peter to get him to the end that God wants him to get to. Bible said one day he saw Peter. He said, Peter, can't you see your house demons? They want to finish you. Satan wants to finish you. But you know what? I'm praying for you. He wanted to say the same thing to Andrew, to John, to Bartholomew, to Nathaniel. He wanted to say it for all the people that he came into contact with. But he was constricted. There were limitations. But when he introduced the Holy Ghost, look at what he said. He said, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will speak not of his own authority, but whatever he hears, those are the things that he will tell you. So because the Holy Spirit is in a relationship with the Godhead, he's the best person to tell you what is happening with the Godhead. The best person to tell us what is happening right now in Ukraine is the people who are in Ukraine. Or you, you think otherwise. You are not there. You understand what I'm saying? So the best person to tell us, okay, maybe right now they've dropped a bomb in Kiev. So right now, um, if you're in Kiev, move to Asalam down. The best person to do that are the people who are in that place. So the best person to introduce us to the things in the Godhead is no other person but the Holy Ghost. Because we are in his era. We are what? In his era. We are in the era of President Nana Adodankwa Ekufuado. So whether you like it or not, you have to do your Ghana card as they say. <laughs> you have to buy four at eight Ghana cities per liter. You have to convert your dollar at seven. You can't do any. You can't say that, okay, me, I'm going back to the old times. I'm going back to those days. I want one dollar, one CD. You can't do that. You are in the era of a new person. So the new person dictates what will happen. In the same way, we are in the era of the Holy Ghost. So the Bible says what? 2 Corinthians 3, 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit. Or the Spirit is the Lord. So he is the person responsible for governing affairs. He's the person responsible for showing how things are going to be done. It's his time. Like Chris, it was your time at the point in time. But right now, it's not your time. So that office that he had is no longer, he can't go and say that it's my office. Hey, open it for me. Let me sit down. No, your time has passed. So there's a new sheriff in town. <laughs> so the Holy Ghost is now on the scene. So if you want to understand the administration of God, the best person to do that is the one who is in charge now. The Bible says in the book of 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 5 that he would direct our hearts into the love of God. Then you even teach us how to wait for the coming of Christ. It is the Holy Ghost. 
He is the person who will do that. Second Thessalonians, is that right? It says, now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God. Like we already established, the Lord is the Spirit or the Spirit is the Lord. So the Bible says, He is the one who will direct your hearts into the love of God. So you want to love God more. You want to love Jesus more. Cry out to Him. Holy Ghost, I need to love Jesus more. I want to love Jesus more. You see, like I'm there, there are rules of engagement. Jesus, I want to love you more. Jesus, I want to, Jesus is like, I have prepared somebody who can transport you into my love. Bible says he will direct you. He will, he will put you in his car. He will bring you straight into the place called the love of God. He is responsible for that. You see, the fact that there are plenty of people praying doesn't mean that all those people, God is answering their prayers. I submit to you 100%. We can all be here, we'll be praying. Speaking the language of the Holy Ghost, everybody will start. But you see, Felicia will be crying, oh Father, this boy, let him love me. Hey, let him love me. I know he has a girlfriend. I break that relationship. I lose the blood. I break that relationship. But she's speaking in tongues. But that is the prayer she's praying. So that everybody's praying. Doesn't mean that we are all speaking to the Father. No. Don't be deceived. Me, I stopped believing that they say Ghana is a Christian. I stopped that a long time ago. That 70% that is in me, I don't believe that is true. Because some people, when they come to church, they have their own agenda. But if you have come into the fellowship of the Godhead, who should lead the affairs of the day, isn't it the one who is responsible for the meeting? For example, when the executives meet, it is what the president tables on the uh, ground, that is what you discuss. You can't get up and say that, oh, me, I'm the prayer head, so my, my discussion is more important than everybody's own. Who tell you? Who, who, who are you? I used to have a security man. When you come to the gate, you say, who be you? <laughs> who be you? Like, well, how can you tell the president? He said, today we are going to discuss this, that, that, and you follow. In the same way, the Holy Ghost is responsible for every discussion that we will have. Amen. So Jesus said that what? I still have so many things to tell you, but you don't have that capacity to bear it now. But when the Spirit comes, He will come and fill you, and then He will change your inside so that you can receive things that I want to tell you. So the Bible is replete with so many dimensions of the Holy Ghost. In one portion, is the Spirit of truth. In one portion, he's the spirit of Jesus. In another portion, he's the spirit of comfort because he has so many abilities. Bible says in Mark 16 verse 12, he can take on many forms. He's Jesus Christ unlimited. I also believe strongly that, you know, who you know is even more important than what you know. I can teach you about certain things. But when the spirit of a thing enters you, that's another dimension. I can teach you about giving. I can teach you about honor. But if the spirit of giving enters you, you become a radical person. In the book of Ezekiel chapter 2 verse 2, the Bible said that the spirit entered into me. Immediately the guy stood up because the spirit wanted to stand up. When the spirit of a thing enters into you, Hey, nobody can stop you from doing the thing. If the spirit of honor comes and it rests upon your head, you will become a person who honors so much that people will not even understand you. 
if the spirit of giving comes upon you, you become a person who gives so much that people will, hey, are you, is it not your last thing you are going to buy from Big Ben that you are using? Hey, Charlie, you have to be careful. You say, you don't know. Because a spirit has entered into you. In the same way, we have that dimension where the spirit wants to enter into you. He wants to consume you so that he can transport you every day into the Godhead, into the world to do the things that you must do, back into the Godhead, back into the world to do the things you must do, into the Godhead, back into the world, so that you will be a person of impact. That is what the Holy Ghost is really on the scene for. Don't speak about fellowship. That is what he really wants to do. He wants to cause you to stop living that natural life. Hey, Father, step in my hundred cities. The goods are so to I do. Oh, God. Oh. It will be well. One day, one day, I'll get more money. He wants to transport you into the room so you can say, Father, I know I don't have money, but you know, you can do something about it and money will come to you. He wants to transport you into that supernatural life. You understand what I'm saying? So the Holy Ghost, this is his administration. This is what his administration. So in identifying him and in fellowshipping with him, we get to realize that one, he is a person. I believe the speakers from Thursday and Friday have emphasized this enough. The Holy Ghost is not wind, he's not oil, he's not bed, he's not dove. He's not goosebumps. He is a person. He is what? A person. He is a person. And when I say person, don't just think about um, 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 human being person. Anybody who has an identity is a person. He is a person. He is a what? Person. He is real. He is not some invisible force driving things around. No. He is a person. As I got up to come and stand here, he was the one who was taking the lead and I was just following. He is a person. He is the one who can carry us and let us understand what is happening to somebody sitting somewhere at the back there who's probably posing off. He is that person. He is a person. Bible says in the book of 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 21 that he is the author of the word of God. He is the person who moved in Ezekiel. He moved in Isaiah. He moved in Matthew. He moved in Luke and he caused them to write the things that they had to write. He is a person. Do you know that Moses wrote the whole book of Genesis? And mind you, Moses was not there when they were creating the world. How did he write it? Somebody entered into him and said, on the first day, God created the heavens and and the thing started playing out before Moses. And he wrote it so that when you and I sit down, we can picture the creation story perfectly. He is a person. He entered the spirits, he entered the men of old, and they wrote the things that they wrote. So that those words, still, they can change you and me today. The Holy Ghost also, he is a spirit of power. The Bible says in Acts chapter 10 verse 38, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he went about doing miracles and healing 
all who were oppressed. The Holy Ghost is a spirit who releases power. It's also the spirit of communion. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, we've read about it. He is the spirit of communion, of fellowship, of transportation, like I said. The Holy Ghost also is the promise of the Father. He is what? The promise of the Father. In other words, what the Father wants to really give you is the person of the Holy Ghost. In Luke chapter 24, verse 49, he said that I will give you the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father. In other words, the Father's heart's desire is to give you the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost also is our helper. In John 15, 26, the Bible said that, but when the Holy Ghost, our helper, has come, when the Holy Ghost, who is what? Our helper. The Bible said that he will send the Holy Ghost or somebody who is what? Another of the same kind. Another of the same kind. Now, if you look at that, another of the same kind, I believe most of us know, we know that it is Paracletos. How many of us know that it is Paracletos? Hey. Wow. Again, Mr. Lamy, Mr. President. So, how many of us know that another word for Holy Ghost? Can I see your hands up high? You know that he's called Paracletos. So, the word Paracletos, it means one who has been called to go alongside. He has been called, he has been assigned to go alongside with you. If you are going to do the journey, you need this person to go with you. He is the person of what? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is also the one who bears the ideas and the counsel of God. In other words, when God the Father wills something, when he thinks of something, and he and the Son, they have a discussion about it, they say, oh, let us do this thing. It is the Holy Ghost who will come on the scene and he will bear it out. In Luke chapter 1 verse 35, when the angel was to meet Mary, he, the angel made Mary understand that I am the one who will cause this thing to happen. So you see that before Jesus would appear on the scene, it was the Holy Ghost. When he appeared on the scene, it was the Holy Ghost. When he would start ministry, it was the Holy Ghost. When he would end ministry, it was the Holy Ghost. When he was leaving the earth, it was the Holy Ghost. Jesus lived a life full of the Holy Ghost. He never did anything without going back to the Holy Ghost. He never did anything without going back to the Holy Ghost. The Bible says in Luke chapter 4 verse 1 that one day Jesus Christ, he was consumed with the Holy Ghost and he moved into the wilderness. Then in Luke 4 14, the Bible says that when he was filled with the Holy Ghost, he came out with more power. More power. More power. So the Holy Ghost is a very important personality for our Christian work. If we want to achieve height of impact based on what God has called us to do, the best person to give us that experience is the Holy Ghost. And the way he will do it is through our fellowship with him. Through the transportation exercise that he engages with us where he will carry us into the Godhead and bring us back 
to implement the things that have been said, then do it on a constant basis. Amen. So, we have an idea or we have a certain understanding of who the Holy Ghost is. And we also have an idea of what he's doing here on earth. But before we move to how to develop a friendship or a relationship with him, I want to speak about number one, setting hindrances to our fellowship or our communion with the Holy Ghost. Number one hindrance, I believe, is distraction. Many of us are very distracted. We are very distracted. In our prayer time, in our study of the word, we are very distracted. We cannot keep our focus for even a minute sometimes. Think about your prayer life. And really do an assessment. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5, examine yourself and see whether you are in the faith. So every time you do an assessment, Father, how is my life really going with you? This prayer today, did I really achieve anything? You realize that many of us are distracted. You wake up in the morning and say, I want to pray this morning, Charlie. I want to have time with God. I want to speak to the Holy Ghost. You start with your phone. Father, thank you for this morning. I bless you for my life. It's called my you. I said it. The best thing is us now. I knew it. The best thing is us now. All of this. The best thing is us now. But where is the toilet? It's, it's, it's down in my locker, in my locker, in my locker. Ah, don't worry me. Ah, it was everything that. Oh, distractions. Because of those distractions, you cannot even pick the signals that He is giving to you. Distractions. And you see, it is going to get worse because the kind of world in which we find ourselves, hey, may I call it a world of notifications? Yeah. Notifications. One million. <laughs> One million. So many notifications. Sometimes I'm there, I'm listening. I say, today I want to listen to this message. Sunday's message. Apostle I want to continue. I want to listen to it again. I'll be there now. I'll get notification for last two weeks. Or I mean, the follow, I'll get more messages. Say, hey, can you see that? I'll move from that one. Then I'll go to the other and say, oh. Some of you are there. You are doing the thing on Instagram. Your friend just posted. Hey, what did Abna post? Hey, Abna has come again. Abrefi Koto. She has posted another thing again. Then I get a mail. Hey, Outlook. The ASC president said they are organizing this. Everybody, oh. Then you see that by the time you realize, nah, hey, the hot water is finishing, oh. Then you just jump straight to go and back. Then you have come. You are in the class. I, I, I thought I was doing fellowship with the Holy Ghost. Tomorrow. 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 After all, you don't only live once. I'll come another time. Then you come. Then tomorrow you will see that it will become more. The distractions or the world of notifications, it will intensify. So if you want to 
get rid of that thing, you have to be disciplined. I believe that. Discipline is one of the most important things. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul said that I beat my body and I bring it under subjection. I beat my body. And I, you see, you've not read it in the Bible before, so you're like, hey, so we, we should be beating ourselves. He said, I beat my body and I bring it into subjection. Lest what I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. So don't think that in this work that you are on, oh, once saved, forever saved. Hey, you can be disqualified. We can show you the red card like f back, and we'll just disqualify you from there. God can disqualify you by virtue of your indiscipline. So don't be there saying things that, oh, grace abounds. I'm a man of grace. All these people are people of works. What do you mean? Beat myself and bring it under salvation. I don't like get up. I do something bad. I plead the blood. That's all. What again? Fellowship. Fellowship where? Excuse me. Let's talk about the important things. But the Bible said that you have to discipline your body. So you are here, you out here, you like your flesh more than you like the Holy Ghost. Hey, you can never go anywhere with him. You will have mental knowledge of the grace of God. You will have mental knowledge of the love of God. But you will never get experiential knowledge. You will never get there. Oh, you will sow seeds and oh, we will chop the money. But you will never get the blessings that come from that seed. Until you get to a dimension where you are walking in the Holy Ghost. You have that kind of relationship with yourself. Okay, so you see that seed that I made you put down. It's for this thing that is happening in your house. So you see, I've solved that thing. If you don't get to that place where you discipline yourself, you will just be there. So you are here, you love your body. Some of you, you like sleeping. Especially when the weather is like the way it is in the mornings here. And the fog has done that thing. And the alarm is blowing, like the way some of you alarm is blowing right now, that it's time to go and learn the impudence. Then you say that, okay, it's time to wake up. Then when you look at the weather, you look at your roommates. They are all asleep. Ralph is asleep. Cosmos is asleep. Leroy is asleep. And I'm awake. The sleeping must be complete. Let me continue. Then you put your own on it. Then you speak some small tongues as you are closing the thing. Lego Shadabahus. It's like it's like you have put the Holy Ghost inside the blanket. We have slept with him. Shabadabush. We are all asleep now. Me and the Holy Ghost, we are communing. Nobody can touch us. Some people even deceive and say, I'm praying in my sleep. Hey! realms of the ecclesiastical order. You are praying in your sleep. <laughs> Discipline. If you want to kill the era of distractions, you need discipline. The Bible said that in the last days, knowledge shall abound. That means there will be many more inventions. There will be many more things that have the ability and the power to take away your attention from the faith. Many more. Oh, I remember when my father had an old Siemens, Siemens phone. Oh, you can't do, the only thing you can do on it is call, receive call, send call, that's all. Now look at the phones that we have with us. 
We said, I even heard that they say, now the iPhone, if you turn it, you can take a better picture. Say, Charlie, how will I know all of this? this? You have read about all of these technologies, but you don't know that the Bible says that what? In Mark chapter 11, verse 35, what does it say? But you know that when you turn your iPhone upside down, you can take a better shot. But you don't know what is in Mark chapter 11, verse 35. Guess what? Guess what, 35? Wow, after checking, you have done well. <laughs> so, distractions, it is a major hindrance in our work with God. Aside distractions also, there are also what we call disruptions. When you disrupt something, you bring an abrupt end to the thing. Disruptions. So some of you are here, you are doing well. Oh, Holy Ghost, I'll meet you at 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock Monday, you are there. 3 o'clock Tuesday, you are there. Wednesday, hey. I have to finish this assignment. So Tuesday midnight, you are still up pushing it hard to finish the assignment. Then you slept at 2 o'clock. And you expect that by some divine miracle, you wake up at 3 o'clock, that the Holy Ghost will tap you and wake you up. When you have a meeting with Patrick Dewar, does he come to the room to come and call you? Or you go, go to where he is? So, the Holy Ghost wake me up in my sleep. Wake me up, Holy Ghost. And the annoying part is that you know you're a deep sleeper. You sleep so deep that you can even wake up and you're walking, you're sleeping. And you want the Holy Ghost to wake you up. How will you do it? Then you bring an end to that flow that you were having. So Monday you were building momentum. Tuesday you were building momentum. Wednesday then you cut the thing. Thursday you cut the thing again. Friday you cut the thing. Saturday you cut the thing. Say, hey, Sunday. Charlie, maybe if I come, somebody like Reverend Andrew will come and ask us, what is in Mark 11.35? Then we'll be stuck. So as then you start the thing again on Sunday, you have disrupted the flow. The devil is not afraid of a praying Christian. He is afraid of a consistent and a persistent praying person. Somebody who is consistently and persistently praying. Somebody who is consistently and persistently developing the relationship. Such a person, the devil is afraid of. The devil is not afraid of pastor. Oh, this person is a bishop. No, it doesn't move the devil. The Bible says that even the demons, what happened? They believe. Even the demons. When one day Jesus entered it, when he entered the temple, that the demons said, Hey, holy one, anointed one, have you come to send us out before that? The devils know that Jesus Christ is anointed. But they are afraid of the person who is always keeping their intimate, constant relationship with the Holy Ghost. Some of you, you need the Holy Ghost for big decisions. I'm about to get married. I need the Holy Ghost. He has to show me which one it is. Then all of a sudden, hey, give me a dream. But when you are taking what you call minute decisions or minuscule decisions, you never involve him. For example, you don't, you don't understand something that they are teaching. You are just there. Oh, so I'll see Evan after class. You should show me. Evan knows these things. I can't worry the Holy Ghost with this thing. Ah, but. Managerial accounting. This is too, it's too, it's too, it's too much trouble for God. But he is very interested in those kind of things. He's even interested in what we wear. If some of 
you here will listen to the Holy Ghost when you are dressing. You wear certain things and come and sit here and say you are in church. Yeah, I see it. You will not wear certain things and come and sit and say, oh, I've come to church. And don't even cross their leg too. And as they are coming to don't come and you'll be holding their bag. They are the ones who come. You are the ones to that. You didn't let the Holy Ghost teach you even how to dress. So involve him. Holy Ghost, how does this shirt look like this? Then you okay. No, pick this one. disruptions. It's a hindrance. Then another hindrance is prayerlessness. Prayer what? Lessness. If we will have continuous flow with the Holy Ghost, we need to be a people of constant prayer. The Bible says in the book of 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 17, pray without what? Season. Ah, this one, everybody knows it. Pray without season. Never cut the flow when you are praying. That's what the Bible is saying. Pray without what season. In the book of Luke chapter 18, from verse 1 going, the story is told of a certain widow who went to a judge. The Bible said that this woman, hey, she constantly came to the judge, worried him, oh, speak about my matter, defend my matter for me, tell me something about it. The Bible says she did it to a point where the judge, who was a wicked judge, said that, you are worrying me too much. Let me just give something to you and say something about your matter. That is how God wants you to be with him. That's how the Holy Ghost wants you to be with him. Everywhere you are going, anywhere you are going, anything you are doing, you are always thinking on him, always reflecting on him, always asking him, hey, Holy Ghost, how do you think about this thing? You see, for me, one of the things that has helped me in my work with the Holy Ghost is that because I think of him as a person, I think of him as the spirit of Jesus Christ. It's like I imagine Jesus Christ in my bed, sleeping with me. We are all on the bed. So when I wake up in the morning, if I'm checking how my wife is doing, I must also check out how he's also. So, Jesus, how did you enjoy the sleep too? Then we wake up, then I go and sit down. And I honor whatever it is that I have to do with him. So, for example, if I say I'll wake up at 3 o'clock, 3 o'clock is my time for this one. Hey, no, nobody can stop me. You cannot stop me. Even if you have to go to the hospital in my house, stop. I have to finish. When I finish, then we can go. You have to fear and prefer that time that you have with him. Because you know that it is my time to petition him. It is his time to also speak to me. So you will always be there. The Bible said that the widow, she went to the womb, the, the, she said, give me justice. Give me justice. Oh, no, I will not let you go. Bible says she did it, and he says he will not for a while, but after what he said within himself, though I do not fear nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, the Holy Ghost wants you to trouble him. Trouble him. That is fellowship. What troubles you, trouble him with it. What causes you to fear, tell him about it. That is what he wants. You don't start being a friend with somebody, then straight off you start discussing deep things. No. It doesn't happen that way. You know, it will never happen that way. For example, I know Justin. I can discuss certain things with Justin, but I'm now getting to know Leroy, so maybe I'll be, okay, Leroy, do you know that my car is white? That one, maybe I'll tell him after three or four meetings or five meetings, or maybe you even find out. But 
I can call Justin up. Justin, I mean, you know my car. He can just take the key and go because he knows me. So the work has developed. But you don't know the Holy Ghost. All of a sudden, he wants him to tell you, this is how the world was made. What capacity do you have to receive from me if you have not built that work with him? See, Charlie, if I, I could prophesy like, hey, like, do you prophesy for prophesy? Charlie, hey, Charlie, that would be deep. So, you are every day, that's the only thing you have fixed your mind on. But the Holy Ghost wants to show you that start from here. Read this one. Hey, I will start teaching you something. So, he has opened the thing. He said, he's waiting for you. Look at this thing. But you, your mind is far. Identification. Though you have gone somewhere, but the person wants to teach you something which you call basic. See, I one of the secrets to also work with the Holy Ghost. Don't trivialize things. Don't mock the things of God. Don't see them as oh, I know this thing. I know this thing. Oh, oh, once the preacher lifts up his hand, oh, the Holy Ghost is about to move. I know this. Let me position myself. I'll fall down to the to the air. I'm not in the background now. Oh, as soon as he drops the mic, you start prophesying. As soon as he does this, you start worshiping. I know. Don't be like that. If you have that kind of lifestyle, you can never get anything from the Holy Ghost. Anything he wants to show you, treat it as important. Whenever you take the scripture, don't say, I know this verse. No. Yesterday, for example, I was reading Matthew chapter 25. Or today's what, 20 what? 26. Yes, I was reading Matthew 26. As I was reading Matthew 26, certain words just started jumping out from the Bible. I, like, ah, I never saw this. But I've read that scripture. And so when I pick it, I know ah, this one, this is here, this is there, this. But as I was reading it, then something will pop out. Then it will pop out. Then it will pop out. He said, You see, humble yourself. Humble yourself. Don't think, oh, I know this thing, I know it. I did something basic. Oh, the worship. When they come, when Fusia and the team come, oh, I know the song they'll sing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, you, are, you trivialize everything that has to do with God. And you want Him to show you the things. You want Him to even show you things about your family, your generations, your ancestors. When you yourself, the things He's showing you about your life, you don't want Him to even show it to you because you are ignorant. It will not happen. Then another thing also is our laziness. Another hindrance. Our laziness. Yeah. I'll say it. I'll say it. Maybe the other people don't say me. I'll tell you. Our laziness. Many of us, we are lazy. We are lazy when it comes to the things of the spirit. When it comes to our work with God. Lazy. But the Bible said that word. Romans chapter 12 verse 11. Don't be slothful. But be fervent in what? What? Hey, which prayer? Be fervent in spirit. Charlie, hmm. Mr. Lamy, by the time we leave here, the, uh, I think we have to do classes. We'll send Reverend the line code to just come in. Hey, fervent in which prayer? Where dodge? He said, don't be slothful or don't lack in diligence. Give me another version that is simple NLT. He said, don't be lazy. Stop that laziness. Let go of that lazy spirit. You are too lazy. 
When you read the Bible, you pick it now, you start sleeping. Then you're on IG, you're on Twitter, you're on TikTok. Those ones that you never get lazy when it comes there. But he said, don't be lazy, but be fervent in spirit. That means if you want to have any fervency, it is in how you take the things of the spirit. Whether you see them as powerful, as things that have the ability to change your life, that is how your fervency will increase. It's a fervent in spirit serving the Lord. That means if you have not started the fervent in spirit, you have not dropped the laziness, your service to the Lord is questionable. And I guarantee you, if you don't start by dropping the laziness, being fervent in spirit, I prophesy to you in 10 years, you will stop this thing. You will say that you have found another faith. Or you will say that right now I'm a rich man. So Charlie, all of this Christianity thing, it was when we needed money that we were coming. Right now I've stopped. I'm telling you something. I don't need to even look. I can just decode it from the way the thing is going. That your laziness is a hindrance. So it is stopping you from entering the place where you are fervent in spirit. So your service to God, it cannot be possible. It will not be possible. It will stop. Many people, I was in class with them. When we left the confines of this school, their service to the Lord has expired. It has finished. It has finished. Some of them were executives with us. We sit, we do meetings, we speak about things of the faith. Say, Charlie, this thing, this is powerful. Wow, this. But they were lazy. Today we have Wednesday prayer meetings. Oh, we like organizing too many meetings. Like organizing too many meetings. Let's have some time. What's so many guys, so many guys. Put us together and let's have one meeting and go home. Mash up, mash the thing up and let's go. Then we'll meet Monday on Wednesday and Sunday. We'll be fine. What's all of this Monday meeting, Tuesday meeting, Wednesday? Oh, other people are enjoying the way you come. You see other people, they are walking around. Oh, hey, hey. But you don't know that that thing is pushing you into a place where you become fervent in spirit. Then you can serve the Lord. Until you drop that laziness. Hey, I'm telling you, I'm prophesying to you with my eyes open. You will stop serving the Lord. There will come a short day, maybe to be 15th May, 2014, 20, 20 or 20 something. You will stop. One day you will drop your tools. You say, hey, it's okay. It's okay. They've had enough of my money. They've had enough of my things. I've stopped. Another thing that also hinders us from fellowshipping is because we have a parasitic mindset. Do you know what a parasitic mindset is? You know a mosquito. When the mosquito sees you, all the mosquito sees is blood. Hey, many of them are shawl. Hey, blood all around. So the mosquito comes to you and just drinks your blood and then he goes away. Parasitic, that's how many of us are. Father, gimme, give gimme, give gimme, give gimme, give gimme, gimme, gimme. Because my name is Jimmy. Some of us, our prayer, if you are praying, and somebody by you say, hey, Charlie, it looks like this God is a big ATM pound. I need to cash from this guy. Father, my big house, my big car, my big room. Father, you know when I get the house, I'll roll all over the floor. I'll jump. When you give me the car, hey, the girls will know that I've landed. I'll drive. I'll cruise. Hey, Father, you know if you give me the gift of prophecy, when I'm coming, hey, I'll lift my hands, contagious, and I'll come. Say, the Spirit says... That's all that you can think about. Parasitic mindset about the things of God. 
You just want to parasite God. If you have that kind of mindset, you cannot benefit. Like I said, it is a means of transportation where God is giving you his mind and you are also receiving the things that God wants you to do. So it's a mutual benefit. It's a mutual benefit. Then another hindrance, let me just have this last hindrance, is when you have a symbiotic mindset, that one is like friends with benefits, more or less. The person is your friend, we are good friends and everything. But Charlie, it's only when my money is going down. Hey, Charlie, Charlie, let's go to Big Ben. I want to show you something. The one we get to Big Ben, hey, I left my wallet. Oh, Charlie, can you buy this thing for me? Charlie, if you go to the room, I'll settle you. You go to another, oh, Irene, oh, Charlie, your oil is very nice. Oh, and let me see some. I want to see the ingredients they used to make it. I'll, I'll bring it back to you. If you have that kind of mindset, you, you can't work with the Holy Ghost. Work with the Holy Ghost because He is just like the God, He's the Godhead, He's a representation of the Godhead, He is a representation of the Godhead, He's representing them fully here on earth. So, what then are some of the things that we can do to develop our relationship with Him? Number one, we need to yield to Him. In the book of Romans chapter 16, verse 16, 16 verse 3, Romans 16, Romans 6, 13, sorry. It says, and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead. And how can you do this? Don't be a person who always chooses your own thing. That's the secret to yielding. Don't be a person who always chooses your own things. You are here, you like choosing. I, I want this thing. I like this thing. I, I have, if you have that kind of habit, you can't yield to God. Before I got married, I had the habit of, no, I can't like this kind of girl. No, it's not my specs. It's not my taste. I like, you know, light skin, tall, natural blonde hair. The wind just blowing through it, and I'm like, ah, oh, that's my taste. If you have a choosy mindset, like most, no, me, I don't like my rice this way. I want you to do it with this one inside. No, me, that's why I can't eat the different. Me, I can't eat this kind of thing. No, me, my mother, they always do the same. If you have that, you can't work with God. You are too choosy. So when God presents something to you, like, you do the same thing to God. Bible said that one day, Joshua, he declared, he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Finish. He didn't say we will choose. He said, if you are in my house, Abna, Rose, Linda, Barbara, Monica, Jessica, all of us, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. I don't care whether you, you are now thinking about it, you will serve the Lord. Finish. And he went to tell the people. Then he said, as for you people, choose you whether you will serve the Lord or whether you will not serve the Lord. It's up to you people, but me and my house have decided for them. Bible said the same thing about Abraham. He said, As for Abraham, I know that he will direct the course of his house, that they will follow me. He said, I know, as for Abraham, I know without any reasonable that this guy he will yield to me. So when God came to you, he said, I leave your father's house. Say, hey, what do you mean? Leave your family. 
I should leave my family. They said, leave my country. She said, hey! He just got up and he just started parking. He didn't wait for anything. He just moved. But some of you, if God comes, say, leave your father's house. Please come again. Do, do you mean my heavenly father or my earthly father or my spiritual father? You see, even my spiritual father, I have different ones. I have someone I'm in school. I have someone I'm out of school. I have someone, you know, I'm working. So you have to specify. Then we can come to the father. You will start, you will start giving the, something like the angel just will be like, hey. <laughs> father, is it the right address you sent me to? Because you are very, very choosy. You like choices. Choices. You have too many choices. I like, I don't like. I, I prefer, I don't prefer. If I get this, I like. If I no, give me this kind of one day. No, this kind of girl. No, challenge. She can't help me. You know, I have this one that can help me. So let me bring them so that you anoint them, make them like the one I like so that we can do the thing. Abandon your choices. Abandon them. It sounds very illogical. Yeah, but that's how it is. In the book of Acts chapter 15, verse 26. Acts 15, verse 26. Bible said that these are men who have risked their lives. They have risked their... Acts 15, 26, am I right? It said men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. What risk are we taking for God? What risk? No risk. When heaven looks at you, they are looking at their risk beneficiaries. When they look at you, they say, ah, this person, we don't even know that he's truly born. No risk. He has never stood somewhere to say, okay, the Holy Ghost was telling me that I should come and tell you that, you know, God loves you. You never say, tell them the person sitting right by you. And the Holy Ghost just share this thing with this person. Say, me. So that they will know I'm in KCF. Never. Who else to come and do that? Rachel should come and do that. Leroy should come. Those are the people. Me. Me, I go to my church. When I finish my church, I'm going home. I should tell you about God. You don't. Then they go. And you expect God to continue telling you deeper things. You will be, you will be at the base. You will be at the end of the food chain. When they are distributing secrets, you will be at the base. Another thing you must do to develop a relationship is to love him. Love him. In the book of Romans 5, 5, Bible says that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Then another thing you also want to do is to be conscious of his presence. Bible says in Isaiah 30, verse 21, that you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. Know that every time you are with the Holy Ghost, he's showing you this is the way, this is not the way, this is the way. Consciousness of his presence. Consciousness of his presence. You also need to acknowledge his presence. You see, when I came in here, I acknowledged the presence of my spiritual father. I acknowledge the presence of the founder of this fellowship. Because even though he's not here, I know he's here. Paul said that word, when you have gathered and my spirit is with you. That means a man can be there and his spirit is in another dimension. So as I stand here, I know I'm not here so if I start when I say break loose, I know I'm not alone. I know my father is standing by me. I know generals are standing by me. So when I touch you, that demon has to break. That's a consciousness that you are with the spirit. That's a consciousness God wants you to have. So when you wake up on your in, in the morning and walking, don't see yourself like some funny lunar mutator. You are just going around there. No, 
know that the Holy Ghost is with you. The person of the Godhead is standing right by you to help you. Amen. And you also always need to pray in the Spirit. In Jude chapter 20, the Bible said that, but you, beloved, building up your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying always in the Holy Ghost. Praying always in the Holy Ghost. And you also need to maintain a holy life. Why? He is not called just spirit. He is called Holy Spirit. So you are here. You live a very reckless life. From room 401 and room 402. 402 and 403. 806. You are in every room that we can think of. Even off campus. You are known there. Slate 23. That's your name. They are moving. Hey. I cause all the young boys to fall. And you come to church and you want to lift up hold, which holy hands are you lifting? Sister, put those hands down. You are a brother, you have paid all the girls in the business administration department, and you are looking for the Holy Ghost to use. Which Holy Ghost is that? Maintain a holy life because He's a Holy Spirit. Dogs relate with dogs, cats relate with cats. Most of my friends, they are pastors. All the friends that I had that were not men of God, pastors, I've cut them off. They are no longer in my scope. They are not in my door. I, I don't even interact with them. I don't even. You will not even get to me. Last time I called one of them, I needed a favor from him. He said, Hey, Andrew, what caused you to reach out to me? So don't worry, I need a favor from your office. That's all. Don't, don't think any other way. I just need you to help me find this. After that, we, we'll, we'll meet another time. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's a secret. Because you see, people can distract you from where God is taking you. Choose your friends. Don't let your friends choose you. Their power is yours. Then finally, seek for more of him. Never stop. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, and be filled with the spirit. Now, if you look at the original translation, it is and be being filled. It never stops. It never stops. Jesus Christ at the birth, he was filled with the Holy Ghost. It got to a particular point, about to start ministry, the more of the Holy Ghost. He was, he was being baptized, more of the Holy Ghost. He was doing ministry. Bible says he received another that you never have enough of the Holy Ghost. You never. Never. Never have enough of the Holy Ghost. It's like marriage. You, okay, then you see um, our graduate president say, my wife today, the marriage is over. Tomorrow we'll come and continue. No. It is continuous. It never ends. It never stops. So be being filled. And then finally, be careful of your utterances. Be careful of your utterances. Be careful of your utterances. You can say something against me. I don't mind. I don't care about that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. But if you dare say something against my wife, hey, you smell my sweat. <laughs> because this is my precious thing. In the same way, Mr. Lami, this is, this is precious thing. He doesn't joke with them. He says, oh, you didn't pick a car when you get here, just get down, everything will be fine. Then somebody meets and says, oh, this is your wife. No. The same way, the Holy Ghost is that precious thing. Precious person. 
So Jesus doesn't joke with him. So Jesus said that Matthew 12, 32, I believe. That's a wrap up. He said, You can say anything against me, say anything, but if you blaspheme against my spirit, hey. Is it there? Matthew 12, 32. Why, fine. He said, Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, I'll forgive you. So that means if you insult me as the husband, I'll forgive you. But if you speak against my spirit, it shall not be forgiven you, not even in this age or in the age to come. Yes, there is a deeper meaning to this, but take it on face value. Don't speak against the Holy Ghost. Be careful. Be careful. Treating like a loving wife. You see, one of the things that God likens the wife to is a helper. So the helper is just like the Holy Ghost because the Bible says, John 15, 15 says, that the person is your Holy Ghost. You see, sometimes wives say, Mr. Lamy can testify, when they are telling you something, say, you feel like, at the same, what are you saying? Like, she said, don't pass this road. Today, I think there will be traffic there. Then, most of the time, the guys, there's no traffic there. I know this road. Then you go and then you meet the traffic, when you meet the traffic there, then don't say anything, you'll just be sitting in the car with you. Say, would you like some water? <laughs> now that time I was talking to Felicia, she was saying this, and, and you know that the, she can't tell that to me. Say, I told you that don't pass here. Treat the Holy Ghost with special care. Special care. Because you see, he's not just, the Father Bible said that, you see, many people say that he will abide with you forever. So they think that, oh, he's there. If I mess up, cry, he's there. No, it's not true. David, he prayed, he said what? your Holy Spirit away from me. Because he saw Saul. Saul received the Holy Ghost or received a, a certain dimension of the Holy Ghost. But then he started disobeying God. Bible said that God took away his spirit and put an evil spirit in him. But Saul kept on winning battles. Kept on being a great king in his eyes. But he didn't know that the Holy Ghost had left the scene. So be careful of your utterances. Be careful of what Shall we rise up on our feet as we close? In the book of Luke chapter 11. Book, Luke chapter 11 from verse 11. Luke 11, 11. Bible says that for everyone who asks receives and he who seeks find and he who knocks, it will be opened to. If a son asks for bread from a father among you, who will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, who will give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, who will give him a scorpion? Verse 13 is my emphasis. It says, if you then being evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Ghost? I want to lift up your hands to the heavens. You are here. You want to have an encounter with the Holy Ghost. You want to be introduced to the person of the Holy Ghost. You just want to open up your mouth in a minute or two. Just ask that, Father, introduce me to the Holy Ghost. Jesus, introduce me to the Holy Ghost. For a long time, my walk with you has been very still. It has been devoid of your presence in your spirit. But like the word of God said in Ezekiel chapter 2 verse 2, the spirit entered into me. Spirit entered into me. I want to ask God the Father, let your spirit enter into me. 
Bani Makusa. Romandada Bayanda Labadana Badanaba. Robakashanda Dabadarianda Dabadarianda Daba. Moka Badayanda Dabayanda Dabayanda Daba. Robakada. Thank you for listening. This recording was brought to you by Kingdom Christian Fellowship Ministries. Stay blessed. My God.